All right, so welcome to another episode of ICF San Diego's Coffee and Conversation, and I have with me today Rodney Jackson. Rodney, how you doing, man? Very good, Donald. Good, man. It's so good to have you here. So I'm excited to have a conversation with another coach from San Diego, and you're a PCC. So I want to just jump right in here, and I see that you're the founder and president of your company's name is called Caleb Consulting Group. So what's behind the name? Yeah, well, you know, um, I I have two children, uh, Courtney and Caleb, and uh, people might think that I named my company after my son. Uh, You know, I didn't realize the implications when my kids got older. Uh, My daughter was playing soccer when she was younger, and someone said, why does your dad name your company after your brother? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just a Wi-Fi password. Right. Uh, and the reality is my son and my company are named after the same uh, character in the Old Testament. I that's what I thought. So that's awesome. So so tell me say a little bit more about that about Caleb. Sure, when I think about leadership, uh, you know, I think about leadership is not about a position mm. and it's always the person that has uh, you know position, power or authority. And if you look at the old uh, uh, you know the old uh, text uh, you know, when uh, they went into the promised land, there were two folks. One was Caleb. Uh, they went to uh, make an acquisition yes. uh, at the time, and that was land. You know, acquisition was land. Yes. And uh, all those that went, spies all said, no, don't do it. Uh, but it was Caleb and wow. Joshua uh, that said, no, let's let's take it. So it's just been, uh, you know, in my 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 faith, my Christian faith. It's been uh, a name that means courage mm. and uh, and confidence. You know, Caleb uh, went against the flow. Yes, he demonstrated courage. Uh, they made the acquisition, and he was rewarded with stock options of the day. <laughs> I love it, man. Great way to put it. And 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 I'm so glad you said that, man. And, and and I think the point about it is, is when you mentioned about leadership is not about the position, it's about the influence that you have on others. I, I, I'd love to shout that from the rooftop because so many people are yelling leadership, leadership, leadership. I mean, you think about it, you could have one or two people following you and you are a leader. You may not have a title, but you're a leader. So thank you right. for that insight. And yeah, Caleb is one of my favorite characters too, brother. So I, I, I love the fact that he stood up against the grain, you know what I mean? So that was a good one. So what we want to do is spend some time here. I want you to let the audience get to know you a little bit. So, so Rodney, how did you get started in coaching, number one? Well, you know, as a director inside corporations, I've mm. spent some time in uh, biotechnology and pharmaceutical and high tech. And, uh, you know, I was certainly coaching my own staff. I was also involved in organizational development, so involved in designing internal coaching skills mm. for that as well. And uh, went out on my own about 15 years ago, mostly working with groups on culture and strategy and teams. And I continue to get requests, hey, do you do executive coaching? And, you know, I had a master's in organizational development. I thought, you know, I I probably should take a look at some Mm. formal credentials here. Yes. Uh, So finally, about 10 years ago, uh, after I was already doing some coaching, that's when I went back and got certified as a 
ICF coach. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Uh, just seemed to really be a good field uh, to get some credentials in. So let me ask a question because I know, let me ask the question first. Let me not jump ahead. So when you were coaching inside of the organization or in the business arena, and then once you went through all the ICF training, did you notice a difference between what we were doing organizationally and, and what ICF came about? Yeah, very good question. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, emphasis at that time was more on, you know, performance ah. management coaching and yes. often there. Uh, whereas, you know, getting certified uh, as a, an ICF coach, certainly more on helping people grow and develop. I mean, I, yes. I make it clear now, and I'm, I'm do a lot of, most of my coaching is inside, you know, corporate America. But I, I do make it clear that my role is not to manage the individual's performance. Yes. My role is really to help them develop and grow and learn. Uh, it may involve performance management. That's that's really the folks internally to yes. make that judgment. Yes. And I appreciate that because for me, it was an eye opener, right? Because we use coaching inside of the business arena. I mean, inside an organization we say, Hey, you need to coach your employee and coach your employer. And I'm like, well, no, we're, we're talking about performance. Do you understand? So it's strictly, it's not truly about the development. So it's sure. great to hear. And I think a lot of coaches that I talk to, that's one of the first things that they notice when they come out of corporate and then they go through the training is the shift where you become more collaborative. You become more of a partner yeah. with the other person. Do you know what I mean? Well, ab absolutely. And, and, you know, part of the shift for me is, you know, growing up, my mom would tell me I asked too many questions. <laughs> and, and as a, and a, as an adult, my mom really didn't understand what I did for a living. Right. You know, she, as she was getting older, she said, you know, well, tell me again what you do. And I said, well, mom, I get paid more today for asking questions and less on providing answers. Mm. And she said, I'm not a darn bit surprised. You know? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, we're taught, you know, certainly as we go through school and early in our careers, we're taught to be self-reliant and yeah. be problem solvers. So, what that means is when you're inside, uh, sort of growing in your career, you feel like you have to have answers. I mean, I love training, uh, especially in leadership, and that involves me providing information and content a lot. But coaching and the certification that, you know, we were deemed when we would give advice. Advice, exactly. Yes. You know, part of the learning process was, you know, it's less about the answers and more about questioning mm. and helping people become insightful. And that changed as I learned. You know, I do believe there's still a place at times for advice oh, in the coaching context. But really, if I ask some good questions, that doesn't mean a lot of questions, but ask some good questions that helps people gain insights and go deeper. So I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Are you OK with this one? Because. Let's go. <laughs> what is one question that you would ask a client that would get them to, to look inside versus ex externally? Yeah. Well, you know, one is tell me more about that. Mm. Simple as that is just tell me more about okay. that. It's finding something that they uh, have already brought up and go a little bit deeper in that is oftentimes uh, I'll use a, a metaphor. Mm. You know, can can you can you imagine yourself doing that? Give, give me something, a metaphor to kind of illustrate what's going on yep. there. 
you know, or, you know, you sound a little bit like a, one that I used yesterday. I said, you know, you sound a little bit like a, a ship to me, mm. uh, you know, and, and a ship, you, the ship is built. It's well built. You've got all the people on there. However, you got to have people that can help determine how to, how to move the sails, how to get that thing moving. In right. The right now you're dealing with the storm. So tell me how you're going to manage on that ship. So, you know, trying to help people with metaphors, oftentimes they come up with their own. Yeah. I, I love what you just did because for me, the moment you said ship, I understood completely. You know what I'm saying? And then you mentioned sales. So now I have a, another vivid picture of what that is. And then the last word, if the audience didn't catch it, you said you're in the storm, right? So that to me was like, okay, so there's some roughness going on in the water. So that's a beautiful way of putting it, man. And I, and I so appreciate it. And this is one of the things I love about these interviews because I get to hear how other coaches are truly making a difference. But before yeah. we go, and talk about how you're doing it with your clients. How has coaching changed your life personally? And I'm going to use, I use the statement, the power of coaching. So for me, that's basically the whole encompass, everything that's involved with coaching. How's it affected your life or changed your life? You know, I, I, I kind of laugh when I describe my mom telling me I asked too many questions, yeah. you know, because it kind of even growing up, you know, I felt like, Okay, well, I'm really not supposed to ask questions. Mm. So when you're going through the oh, certification, wow. you know, I, I realized, you know, it's not about asking a lot. It's asking some very insightful questions. Mm. So I have discovered that if I can, if I can help a client go deeper by continuing to ask them relevant questions, it, it's really amazing to watch an individual just mm. stop stop talking and watch them be silent for a few moments. And usually they look up to the left or they look up to the right. <laughs> That's when I know, Rodney, don't talk. Yes. Yes. Because their brains are beginning to process. Oftentimes through the metaphors, they're beginning to process and either draw from experience of what they've done in the past or begin to have insights about what the future looks like. And that's changed me. Uh, because it's extremely fulfilling to mm. see that happen. Okay. Yeah, and, and I know exactly what you mean. And it, I think the core competency talks about um, facilitating growth, right? And most people listening to this may not know, but what you just described was one of those core things that ICF coaches will literally do is help facilitate growth within the client. You know what I mean? And I think that's so important. We're not telling you. We want you to to get that resource to come outside. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. Another thing, and I think we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, you mentioned more about uh, seeking to support others. You want to say a little bit more about that? It's how, how you went from a uh, the advocacy standpoint of it, but seeking to support others and becoming self-reliant problem solvers? Well, um, maybe I could provide an example. Sure. Oh, that's awesome. Go right ahead. Yeah. Probably the most fulfilling coaching engagement I had was watching a, a young director, kind of enthusiastic, very bright, uh, eventually grow into becoming a president. Mm, nice. Uh, at a company. And I recall one early session where, um, 
at the end of the session, I said, you know, Rodney, thank you. Such good, such good advice. Yeah. To which I asked, well, okay, can you tell me what advice I gave you? Oh, you know, when you said uh, needed to give more feedback. And I said, well, did I say that? Uh, No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, well, but when we talked about uh, needing to demonstrate more composure, uh, how did you figure that? Oh, oh, I came up with that. And then she went on for a third time. Yes, yes. (laughs) And, uh, and, And finally said, well, no, I came up with all, well, what are we paying you for? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's awesome. And to me, that was the that that's the best compliment. Yes, I could have received to realize is that again, it's through their self awareness. Yes, uh, them becoming self reliant, and as a coach, just helping people go deeper with that. And I appreciate that. Can you say a little bit more, if you're willing to say a little bit more about how? It, why is it so important to create that space? for people to be open and be able to talk. You know what I mean? Because I think that's one of those secret weapons in coaching that, well, I should say ICF coaching, that most people don't realize is the space that we create for for clients. You know, one tool that I have used, um, and, and it's gotten criticism more lately, and it's the, the GROW model. Okay. You know, set a goal. R, what's the realities? O, options. Uh, and then W, what's the will and the way? You know, I'm always looking for simple models that sure, help me sure. provide a framework. And although that model, you know, like in the when you're in a profession, everybody criticizes the latest model. But I have found it to be effective, especially the word, the letter R. Mm. Because G is like sort of a goal. Well, what, what topic you want to discuss? And if you're successful, what would be a vision of success? So sort of get them to kind of frame the discussion sure. a little bit. And the R piece I find the most useful, before you start generating options, the R is about realities. And realities mm. is what's going on with that situation right now. Mm. It's creating the problem. And and the, my favorite question is, how have you contributed to this issue by your own actions or inactions? Ooh. You contributed by this by your own actions or inactions. <laughs> sort of a less uh, diplomatic way is, what part do you play in this drama? <laughs> right, right. That's a that's a deep question there. That's deep. And, and, and you're, you're right, Donald. It is deep because I find people stop in their tracks when mm. I ask that question. Yes. And if they say, "Well, I don't know," I'll, I'll usually ask them, "Well, if you did know, what would it be?" You know. If, it, if you did know what would it be to try to get them to go a little bit deeper, uh, you know, by thinking about that, uh, that question. Yes. And I find that if they can, if they can visualize that a little bit, they're in a much better, a much better place. Yes. And I love the technique that you just did. So this is for all the people listening to this. What Ronnie just showed us was he asked the question, the client responded but he didn't let him off. He went one level deeper. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that to me is is in the business world, right? As as we were performance coaching, we would let them off on that first deal. You know, all right, cool, right. I got that answer. But now because we're trained and we know how to actively listen, we can go in deeper and just allow that person to get to that place 
where awareness or growth shows up. And that was awesome. I know you didn't mean to do it, but see that it just flows, right? When you ask the right question, it just literally flows out of it. So thank you for that. That was a perfect example of that other question that I asked there. So most definite. So one of the other questions is, is about, so we talked about personally what you're getting out of it. So now how have you used coaching to affect change in the lives of people in the community or organizations that you work with? I know you gave an example of that, but can you go a little bit and just share with me from a, a tangible perspective, how are you using it? Yeah. Um, you know, when I think about leaders that are in organizations right now and, and I, I, you know, I've, after doing this, you know, for, well, a decade and a half now, nice. You know, it's, it, what's wonderful is to look at, you know, folks that you coached early on and, uh, you know, now they are, you know, they've surpassed me in intelligence yeah. and confidence. It's like now they're running their whole shows and to see how planting some seeds mm. and helping them understand the people side and empathy and culture and how those things are just as important as business acumen, acumen, technical knowledge, yes. you know, sort of the tangible numbers that they're always in, to watch leaders grow in that area. It just seems the ones that are most insightful and having an effect on their companies are those that focus on culture and focus on building their people and are good coaches themselves. Wow, that's, you know, yeah, that's really that's good. The place that I find the impact is that these all fit together. These skills of coaching and strategy and culture, they all fit together. It's nice to see that. that that's a beautiful thing. So I spent 20 some odd years in the financial arena and my last 20 was in the credit union. And we, we had a thing in the credit union that was called head and heart. And to be successful, you got to use both, right? So a lot of times we go at it from a head perspective, intellect, how much we know. But if we don't engage the heart and truly care about our employees or the teams that we're working with, then the environment's affected. You know what I mean? So that was a wonderful way of of explaining that. So yeah, and I see that Donald, and you know, it sounds like we've got some similar uh, types of clients that we work with, even internally. Is it I work with a lot of scientists. I work with a lot of engineers, physicians, veterinarians. Oh, and, nice. you know, the okay. they have in common is they have incredible business acumen. Sometimes I'm just in awe of how smart, smart they are. Yeah, exactly. And some are more strong in that than they are in the area of empathy and, uh, you know, understanding and asking uh, insightful mm. questions. And that's what we call emotional intelligence. Yes, yes. And, Sometimes I tell them, I'm not here to change your whole personality, but if we tweak mm. a couple of things and change two or three behaviors, people are going to see you even more significantly influential because you're asking some questions that show that you care. Oh. You know? And if they're into the numbers all the time or focused just on the tactical things of business and not focused on the people, uh, then they're usually not as effective, especially as a leader. Very nice. And and I love how the emotional intelligence, I can remember about 20 years ago when I first started into the, the credit union space, 
And they used to say that you're too emotional, you know what I mean? But now the whole business environment is now focused on being emotionally in tune. So for those listeners out there that are not aware of what emotional intelligence is, can you share a little bit about emotional intelligence for them? Yes. Uh, you know, Daniel Goleman did a lot of work on this, uh, you know, uh, almost a couple of decades ago. And uh, just over the years, the research has shown is that emotional intelligence is one of the most critical skills, especially mm. the higher you go up in the organization, anytime you're, you're working with people. So we know from employee engagement studies is that uh, people make decisions on whether they stay or go based on their, their supervisor, yes. their direct supervisor. And oftentimes it's perceived as this person care about me. Do mm. they understand? Do they ask questions? Do they support me? So coaching is often involved in helping with those skills. It's first of all, it's self-awareness, mm. self-management. You know, I mean, I, I get emotional at times too. I, and, and, you know, I have to maintain my composure, right? If I get upset, do I react at that moment or do I yeah. step back? and sort of regulate myself. So that's that's self-awareness and self-management, but the other is others' awareness and others' mm-hmm. management. The ability to see what's going on with a group, what's happening in the room. Uh, well, are people responding positively? Uh, are they, how are they reacting? How are they responding? And if we're not listening <laughs> and yep. we're not observing our environment, it's, it's difficult to read. And sometimes these skills come easy, easier for yes. some that are just naturally more in tune and more empathetic. And for others, not so much. Mm. But the good news, and I think this is for us, uh, for those of us that are coaching, the good news is the research shows is there's skills that can be learned, learned. Yes. that increase our emotional intelligence. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Right. So that's so awesome. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what, so it, for me, it appears that you're, what you're saying is, is these are the soft skills that really separate you between wanting to get the goal, right? You just mentioned about the grow, the goal versus really relating to the people who are going to help you get that goal done. Is that a fair way of saying it? That sounds wonderful. Absolutely. All righty. So now we're going to jump right in. We have a couple of two, a couple of more questions here for you. So, and I know we don't give advice, but you, you just pretend that you have this new client that's coming to you and they're, they're stuck and they're thinking about hiring a coach. What is some of the things that you would tell them to look for or, or what you would, what guidance would you give them? For someone at an organization that's looking for uh, for a coach, for a coach, they're stuck, man. They're they're at this point where they're like, "Listen, I I I don't like where I'm at. I need the move." Okay, for the individual that's looking for a coach, yes, yes, I see. Uh, well, you know, first of all, is is um, I certainly want to understand, you know, what actions they've taken in the past. Mm. Uh, what actions have, have they taken? What What is working? What's not working? I certainly want to understand what is their paradigm and their current mindset around coaching. Okay. Uh, and then if they are asking, you know, what, what, you know, what, what is coaching about? I certainly want to explain the difference between coaching, the difference between therapy, the difference between mm. performance management. So to sort of help them frame what that's about. And in terms of looking for a coach, uh, certainly, um, 
the ability to work with someone that you have some chemistry with, uh, someone that you feel a sense of trust. Yes. And trust comes with, I think, two things. One, uh, character mm. is a trustworthy person, but also competence. Yes. Does the person have the skills to help me become a, a self-reliant problem solver? So, you know, to, to find people that actually have those skills and, you know, although credentialing, uh, yeah, I think there are people out there that may not have an ICF cred- credential or maybe credentialed somewhere else. Yeah, there are people that have some natural ability of coaching, just like yep. emotional intelligence. Uh, I would still encourage them to find someone that has some credentials that has developed and is part of a professional network. And I believe that, uh, you know, the International Coaching Federation is the one I grew up in. So I'm certainly a bit biased, but I believe it helps us develop the competence in the field significantly. Well, I, I th- that's wonderful because I was going to go right there to someone considering ICF membership and so share with the audience, what is the, what, what do you get out of having your membership with ICF? Yeah, I think it's more than just, uh, you know, something I can put on my website. Nice. I, you know, that's that's kind of nice to have their PCC coach and, uh, you know, certification. But, but I'll, I'll give you a very tangible example from this morning. Uh, you know, recently I got behind on my recertification. You know, we are required to have a certain number of uh, continuing education hours, as you know. And I got behind. Uh, Fortunately, there's somebody paying attention, uh, you know, the ICF that says, hey, uh, you need to recertify. So I've got a grace period here. and uh, I need to do that. I had a class this morning at at 5 o'clock, an international class. There you uh, go. Ethics. Uh, And through the course, not the one this morning, but one last week, I met a guy by the name of Jake Weiss, and he shared with us some scientific evidence on coachability. Mm. Well, this is something that, you know, I studied 15 years ago, but it struck me. He said, you know, one one factor that determines whether we're coachable or not is humility mm. and humility, uh, intellectual humility. And uh, I thought, wow, uh, you know, the more years that I've been in the field, uh, it seems like it's easier to get stuck in my own paradigm. Mm. But each time uh, I was on his webcast and I thought, well, I probably need to open up my own intellectual versatility, mm. be a little, little bit less arrogant, a little bit more open. And each time, including this morning, I'm listening to these coaches from all over the world. And I realize, wow, they humble me yeah. uh, because they are up to speed on the latest research and it just keeps me sharper as well. Sure. And I and I appreciate that because I think that's one of the things that the being a member of ICF really does do. It keeps you in tune and we and and the association actually has our back. You know what I mean? So it's not like yeah. we just pay dues, but it literally looks out for you and then the training that's available to you. So Thank you, man. Rodney, this has been awesome. And is there any parting words you want to say to the audience before we end our our, our, uh, interview here today? Well, Donald, thank you. This has been fun for me. Uh, You know, just this in itself is a part of networking. Yes, absolutely. You were speaking a little bit earlier, even before we started, uh, this webcast is is our our podcast is just how important it is to stay in touch and we find people that have uh, like values and like experience so 
Yeah. I look forward to continuing the conversation with you. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Until next time, listeners, look for the next episode coming out soon.